Welcome to Real Estate Mortgage Shop, where we offer solutions to your real estate and financing scenarios. I'm Joe Garner, your host, mortgage professional. Catch this podcast and more at jogarner.com. Hey, good morning, Memphis. Welcome to our internet listeners and podcast listeners across the 50 states. You're on Real Estate Mortgage Shop here at 600 WREC 92.1 FM. I'm Terry Murphy. I'm sitting in for Joe Garner, mortgage loan officer and mortgage expert. You can subscribe to Joe at jogarner.com to get the latest weekly podcasts with show notes. And our topic for today is how real estate trends are affecting you today. And you can call us while we're live in the studio at 901-535-9732. Hey, today is March the 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our Irish friends. And boy, we've got a great show lined up for you today. You know, in the studio, we have Bobby Gillis. Now, if you look up the word real estate professional in the dictionary, you'll see her picture. She has served as an appraiser. She's been elected to serve on the Tennessee Real Estate Commission. She is a practicing real estate professional for over 30 years and married to one of the most prolific builders in Memphis. Fax and Gillis Homes, Jerry Gillis. So let me tell you, Bobby knows real estate. She served as the past president of the Memphis Area Association of Realtors. Welcome, Bobby. So tell us a little bit about how long you've been in Memphis, because I know you're also a Yankee, transplanted. One of those uh, things that gets in your blood once you're here for a while. So Oh, yeah, you've adjusted am, well. You've adjusted well. Good I for am you. a Memphis cheerleader. There you go. And we're honored today to be hearing from one of National Association of Realtors' most powerful and energetic past presidents, Martin Edwards. And Martin is a legend in the real estate industry for over 45 years. And he's been involved mostly with the commercial end of real estate, real estate brokerage, management, um, mortgage banking, underwriting. Really, the list is endless. And one of his most impressive accomplishments was serving as the National Association of Realtors president in 2002. Uh, I was actually on the executive committee when I got to meet him. He's He's a powerhouse, and he's the former chairman of the Board of Realtors Federal Credit Union. Martin was the Tennessee Realtor of the Year and received the Excellence in Real Estate Education Award. And hey, specifically today, we're going to tap his expertise as the NAR Senior Director for 30 years in real estate investment analysis. He's a a very close colleague of Lawrence Yoon, the current uh, Chief Economist for NAR, and we're fortunate to have Martin with us today. So welcome, Martin. Good morning. Buongiorno. How are you? I'm fine, Terry. Hello, Bobby. Good morning. This is fun to have my BFFs yeah. on today. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Memphis today for you, Martin Edwards. Oh, I tell you what, I'm looking with with the announcement yesterday with FedEx and and all the development downtown that's going on that Bobby's aware of. I'm hyped. Oh, well, that's yes, a... I, we are we are creating jobs. People are coming into town. It's super. That's so that's so great. Now later. Uh, Joining us after the break is going to be Cleve Gaddis, and I just want to give you a little background on Cleve before we bring Martin back. Cleve Gaddis is a team leader with Gaddis Partners, Remax Center in Atlanta, and an author, speaker, and a coach. He also has his own radio show as well. You know, he learned sales the hard way by selling vacuum cleaners door-to-door, and that'll help you in real estate, and now puts those skills to use helping his team close over $60 million annually. He hosts the Call Cleve Atlanta Real Estate Show, heard weekly on News Talk 1160. 
WCFO. To listen to his prior shows, you can visit iTunes or Stitcher and search for Cleve. That's C-L-E-V-E. Gaddis is G-A-D-D-I-S. In addition, Cleve is one of the best on interpreting market trends. I'm so excited. His presentation at a recent event was so introspective and valuable to our listeners. I was beyond delighted to have him join us today, and he'll be with us after the break. So, Martin, uh, one of our yep. op- one of our opportunities is to share your amazing insights on the housing market with these different experts. Now, you're keenly aware of the impact the housing economy, and I wanted you to join us today to help shine some insights and how the market is being affected by this newest generation and their reticence to owning real estate compared to previous generations. I know that you've been involved in commercial, but you've been observing the market, and you're so smart. So how does it pertain to our homeownership with millennials? Well, I don't know about the being smart part, but uh, <laughs> uh, I will go back. Uh, Bobby and I go back a few years. In fact, uh, I started with First Tennessee Bank. Bobby was at First Tennessee Bank at one point in time and handled my construction loans when I was a struggling home builder and developer. What's going on across the country is kind of interesting. Uh in 45 years of business, now the supply is down, costs are up, homeowners are staying in their homes longer, the boomer generation is staying in their houses longer, and one of the things that uh, uh, we've been studying at the National Association of Realtors and is the, the dynamic effect student debt is having on the millennium gener- generation and uh, I think it's going to have a long-term effect because uh, there is a is the largest student debt ever in place, and those are a lot of the folks who are in the past were our home buyers. Uh, today, millennials uh, contribute about five hundred and fifteen billion dollars to the market, but they're still uh, only about forty percent of of the home buying market. So things have really changed, and. Uh, one of the more important words that I think our listeners need to hear is the word equity. I guess the first thing my daddy and mother told me to do is, and it's changed, but uh, you need to buy a house because home ownership forces savings. I think I'd say that my generation, Bobby's generation, that was kind of what uh, uh, we started our lives with was, you know, you need to buy the first thing after you you settle down with your wife or partner or whomever that, and start a family or try to start a, uh, be involved in, in your community, etc. is buy a house, create equity. Homeownership forces savings. So let me just start with that and take your questions, Terry. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because there, we know that uh, rents went up you know, went crazy, didn't they, Bobby? We yes. were just studying that. Yep. Um, and Cleve has some really great statistics that he's going to be bringing in later. So rental, of course, doesn't leave a whole lot of stability to the community as well. And when you're invested in property, you you're sort of get to live in what's going to pay you off later because the appreciation effect forces you to have kind of a savings. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would, because that's, that's really, again, one of the first things I was told to do, buy a house and force yourself to, you know, get equity through home ownership. I'd also add that uh, in today's world, we need to be careful because rates have moved up maybe about a half a percent in the last few months. So not only is our buy down and cost up, but the, the mortgage rate industry or the mortgage rate 
world is also moving at a higher percentage rate, which could affect homeownership again. Yeah, that uh, that is one of the uh, uh, items that Cleve is going to be addressing as well, because, um, you know, mortgages is the one thing. You know, we know that it's food, shelter and clothing, right? And so we've got to have yeah. that shelter. So, uh, you know, this is a, probably a really good time to bring in some uh, information about Joe, because if you want to accomplish something with your mortgage, you need to give Joe Garner a call at 901-482-0354 or contact her at jogarner.com. But you just have to talk with her personally so she can work with you one-on-one. Or you can subscribe to jogarner.com and you'll get a Real Estate Mortgage Shop weekly podcast with the show notes. So if you're listening today and you want some of the details, you can go back and hear it. Remember, on Real Estate Mortgage Shop, we remind you to make your plan. Let's work the plan. And that's what you're talking about. These kids have got a mindset that they can't afford. So they actually look for rentals while they're looking at houses. And again, Bobby and you and I both know this. I mean, we came from a time when the mortgage rates were 28%. <laughs> do you remember those times? Oh, unfortunately, I, I do. We call the pay rate. You had, the interest rate was too high. And so you had an interest rate and then you had a pay rate. So the, the, the neatness of that saying is the more you pay, the more you owe. We were doing interest only, and then we had negative issues. Do you remember that, Bobby? Mm-hmm. Negative. Amortization. Um, ag- yes. That's what it was. <laughs> Easier to spell, right? <laughs> but, I mean, the, so we've got such this beautiful economy where you can buy a property. And, yes, I understand that. But I also understand that families, especially the grandparents, if you're out there, raise your hand, um, are helping by putting some uh, additional monies in so they can afford the actual down payment. Right. I can't emphasize enough. Uh, this issue of student loan debt for a lot of our millennials that are coming out of school, and they've already got a mortgage form of student loan debt. Exactly right. They really do. And I think my generation and what have you, we probably didn't, we weren't into that because parents were uh, able to assist, and let's face it, it didn't cost that much to get an education. So student loan debt is a huge issue as far as starter uh plus the millennial generation moves a lot you you got that right well as we segue they want to be able to pick up and go tomorrow yeah hold on to that thought because as we come back from break we'd like you to stay with us on 600 wrec 92.1 fm radio when we bring back martin edwards from the uh former president of the National Association of Realtors, joined today with Bobby Gillis here in the studio. Uh, Stick with us. We'll be right back. Grab another cup of coffee. 600 WREC and 92.1 FM. Hi, I'm Bernice Ross, real estate author, coach, and speaker from Austin, Texas. You're listening to Real Estate Mortgage Shop. Now back to your host, Joe Garner. Hey, it's we're back. It's Terry Murphy actually sitting in for Joe Garner today on 600 WREC 92.1 FM. We've got Martin Edwards, former president of the National Association of Realtors with us, telling us a little bit about the challenges that our younger generation is having buying. I'm also honored to have the fabulous Bobby Gillis here from Faxon Gillis, realtor extraordinaire. The only thing I don't think you haven't done is paint houses, Bobby. I think that's actually just, I've done that too a few times. <laughs> <Bobby done> that. <laughs> yeah, she probably has. And of course, Martin, you're amazing too. And we were just speaking 
speaking about how affordability was the number one issue, but there are actually two issues that are affecting our younger generation with their ability to enjoy home ownership. And Don Hudson texted in and said his advice is don't wait to buy real estate buy real estate and wait. And I believe that was said by Cabot Roberts. So thank you for sharing that, Don Hudson. And we want to welcome some of our listeners out there. Hope you have a cup of coffee and you're sitting down. Miss Anne, I hope you're enjoying it too in Midtown. So on the second factor, Martin, uh, the Mm -hmm. impact that's really hitting these kids is actually other generations, both older and younger, as Gen Z comes into the market. What would you like to say about that? Well, of course, you know, what's happened is baby boomers, our age group, are staying in their houses longer, so that's drying up uh, supply. There was an article, actually, uh, in the paper that uh, my friend Lawrence Young put out this past week. It was picked up that uh, the existing supply of homes in America has dropped over the past year about 5%. So you can attribute that to two things, a very good market and also people staying in their homes longer. Yeah, that is that is really a key. And one of the issues I'd like to bring up, and not as a mortgage professional, but in working with mortgage professionals, especially Joe Garner uh, at Evolve Mortgages, is that she understands that somebody doesn't maybe doesn't understand that they could be in their forever home for the same or less money that they're paying now, rather than trying to trade up as that inflation goes up and as interest rates go up. You know, when you get comfortable in a house, and I know you've been in your house a really long time. Bobby, how long have you been in yours? Over 20 years now. Oh, and... In one spot. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. That's really rugged for real estate if you're out there selling it. We, we like to yep. knock on people's doors and say, you got to move, you know? And when you're Italian and from Chicago, that's what you can do. <laughs> Boomers, we were the largest group, yeah. uh, and now we're neck and neck with the millennials. But, you know, it's home ownership among the Boomers is 78% versus 41%. Right. And uh, as we decide to stay, which I'm going to say, having just traded down from the big house, there is a nice aha that happens when you're no longer supporting that gigantic house with all those closets with stuff you don't need. Bobby, I know you're going through that right now. Yes, I am. And and I I smile as you say that because you're going through it with me. (laughs) That is true. So there's frustration out there. We're going to go through it too. So, you know, well, everybody does. And here's the thing. There's something great. I think there's a great energy about that. But as if you are a boomer and you are in a big home that you've had forever, and of course you love your home, you don't even realize how much it takes to keep that up. And you've got this equity that could be working for you. And if that interest rate continues to climb just a little bit, inflation's going to go up, appreciation's going to level out. And so holding on to it may not be the best strategy. You need to call Joe Garner and find out what you can accomplish by changing your financial picture every month and making that money work for you. So while those frustrations with millennials is pretty high, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Anything you want to shine on that, Martin? Well, again, let me go back to the, to the word equity. And uh, the shining light is anybody moves through their life. You know, what you just mentioned with Bobby and yourself and ours and Nancy and I is that we built equity. So we've got a capital base to retire on, if nothing else. So let me just say that home ownership is a fabulous way to create what I started off with, and that is a forced savings account or a forced retirement account. And can we even mention the fact that there are some still, thank you, NAR, uh, RPAC, yep. there are still some advantages to being able to write off some of the interest and the costs for maintaining a home? Yeah, that's right. I'd like to uh, make the analogy, Bobby, of when you lease a car, you know, although there are some benefits to it, 
you know, when you're making that payment every, that's a depreciating asset. When you've got a home, you get to live in it, you get to use it, uh, you get to improve it. You have a certain authorship to owning your own home. There's a lot of pride there, and that that's an important part of home ownership as well. And you feel more connected to the community, don't you? Exactly. And so, how many homeowners do you have in your family? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> that, that's a priority in our family. <laughs> well, being a huge builder in Memphis, how many houses did you guys actually oh, build here? Over 4,000. That's all. So 4,000 families out there who are listening are in a Fax and Gillis home, well-established in our community. Martin, um, you are continuing to build, and you're looking at, looking at the segment of demographics that are looking to trade down. What advice would you give with all the amazing introspection that you have and your intellectual capital and obviously your finance background? What would you say to people who are looking at that time in their life where maybe they need to consider changing that house, getting that inventory back into the market? Well, they probably are. (laughs) In my 30, 40 years plus, I've not seen a market uh, any stronger than this. So as far as that word equity, they probably got as uh, a great an equity as any generation has had in the last hundred years, percentage-wise. And uh, it's going up, but the same thing, the cost of ownership is going up. MID, of which NAR has fought for us to all be able to use mortgage interest deduction, is probably going to meet some limitations and does meet some limitations. So as you get into higher houses, less of that mortgage interest deductibility is available. So as Bobby said, you probably need to reassess your situation, look at your equity, and and look what you really need uh, as you move forward and and what you can leave uh, your children. We've got about three more minutes before we go to our hard break. And Martin, do you want to just mention something about this new tax bill and how that's going to impact homeownership? Well, let's just say that it's already affected uh, second homeownership and uh, the limitations of the, the size of house that you can actually deduct the interest on is going to play an important part as inflation drives the homes up. So you might be losing at both ends. Your equity won't grow as great, and uh, you won't be able to write off as much. The yeah. next issue is regarding the deductibility of uh, uh, state and local taxes, which is on the is on the horizon, and of course as part of the tax bill is is limited or would be limited in some of the states uh, around us. But even with the limitations, Martin, don't you agree that it is one of the last deductions available to us? We fought it. We have. We have fought it day and night for as long as I can remember. MID has been on the, the, uh, I spent almost four years in Washington fighting for MID (laughs) and mortgage interest deduction because it's, it is one thing that Congress can look at and say, well, there's a big chunk of money. Let's have it, yes. Let's have it. Well, as we wind down into our break, you're listening to 600 WREC 92.1 FM, the Joe Garner Show. And if, what do you want to accomplish with your mortgage? Give Joe a call at 901-482-0354. Connect with her at jogarner.com. Talk with her personally. She can help you assess whether or not this is a good time for you to be making up 
change in your real estate investment portfolio. And uh, she also records this at Real Estate Mortgage Shop weekly podcast and shows the notes in her inbox. So remember, Real Estate Mortgage Shop, we remind you, make your plan. Let's work that plan. If the deal works for you, let's do it today. Uh, I'm Terry Murphy. We're going to go to break here and come back with the amazing Cleve Gaddis. Cleve did a phenomenal job at a recent program laying out some of the issues that impact our market. And this is really, really interesting for you. He's going to talk about the seller's market, a balanced market, and a buyer's market. So these are all the kinds of things you're going to want to stay tuned to. Get another cup of coffee, pull up a chair. You're going to stick it around with Bobby and us at WREC 692.1 FM. I'm Terry Murphy. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Edwards with the Flying Locksmiths in Memphis, Tennessee. You're listening to Real Estate Mortgage Shop. Now, back to your host, Joe Garner. Hey, welcome back. It's Terry Murphy sitting in for Joe Garner. I am in the studio here at 600 WREC 92.1 FM with Bobby Gillis. We've just had Martin Edwards on, the former president of the National Association of Realtors in 2002, and his first lady, Nancy, giving us great updates on what's happening with trends with our millennials. And we're excited to have Cleve Gaddis. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Mr. Cleve. Besides being totally adorable and making absolutely the most beautiful daughters, I've had the great honor of working with Cleve Gaddis and can confidently share with you he is one of the most influential thought leaders in our industry. Cleve recently gave an outstanding presentation at Leverage 2018 at Workman Success Systems, and I was so impressed with his ability to help me particularly understand the real truth about inventory and absorption. And Cleve, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Terry. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day there, buddy. Hey, same to you. Thank you very much for that kind introduction. And and if we had an extra couple of minutes, I would give an introduction for you because I think I could be in love. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. But you've got a beautiful wife and all those blondes in your life. Well, anyway, I would love for you to share how brilliantly you just did a brilliant job uh, of that whole information about how it impacted even the slightest increase in interest. And I think that's going to be so important for us as we move forward in this 2017-2018 investment year. Terry, I'd love to do that. And if you don't mind, I'd love to back up just a little bit. By the way, it's great to be on with, uh, I wish I had gotten a chance to talk to Martin. What an icon. And I appreciate all the fighting he's done for homeowner rights throughout the U.S. And, and uh, Bobby and her family, I don't think I've done 4,000 of anything. And, <laughs> and uh, she, and her, she and her family built 4,000 houses, which I think is totally amazing. But let's back up just a second and let's talk a little bit about inventory. And you mentioned whether markets are buyers, sellers, or balanced market uh, markets. And then Martin mentioned that inventory was low. Well, let's talk a little bit about what that means. Because if you're selling a home, you need to know what the months of inventory are. If you're buying a home in the area you're looking to buy, you need to understand the market dynamics, basically a supply and demand issue. And at the very end of last year, there were 3.9 months worth of inventory available. Now, what this means is very simply, in the United States, if no additional listings came on the market, that all of the homes which were currently listed would be put under contract and basically absorbed, if you will, by a buyer. So what does that mean? Well, let me give you Cleve's definitions for a seller's balanced or buyer's market. Now, I will tell you, these are not the definitions, Terry, that national economists use. Uh, And it's not that I think I'm smarter than a national economist because they know a lot more than I do. But one thing I'll bet you is they probably haven't sold as many houses or bought as many houses as I've been involved in. And they say 
that an in, that a market is in balance when inventory is at a six-month supply, when it would take six months for the average seller to sell their home. And I disagree with that number because if you put a home on the market today and it takes six months for a seller to sell, the seller does not feel like it's a very balanced market. The seller feels like they don't have much control. So here's the definitions that I use. I call it a seller's market when there is less than four months' worth of inventory. So based on that calculation, that 3.9 months' worth of inventory number means the United States is in a seller's market, but just barely. It's just under four months' worth of inventory. Now, I say that a balanced market is four to five months' worth of inventory, and a buyer's market is greater than five months' worth of inventory. And what's interesting, Terry, is you can use these numbers in any way. Let's just say you and Don, decided you wanted to go buy a home and you were looking in a specific let's say school district and so let's say I was working with you to purchase that home even though I'm not licensed in Tennessee let's say I was helping you and you said we want to be in this school district and we want to be in this price range well as a real estate professional because I have access to all of the data I could tell you how many months worth of inventory were available and if I told you Terry that based on your search criteria that there were two months' worth of inventory available in your price range, in your geographic preferred area, would you think that you and Don would have an advantage in that negotiation or maybe a seller would have an advantage in that negotiation? What do you think, Bobby? <laughs> Definitely a seller. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so what happens, and Bobby, you can probably relate to this, is a lot of real estate professionals they're unfortunately letting their buyer clients and their seller clients learn the hard way or the easy way, sort of by accident, what happens. So they make a couple of offers. Their offers are rejected because there's other better offers coming in. And if a real estate professional would take the time to educate their buyer client on what to expect, they could almost, and I know we don't have a crystal ball, Bobby, but they could almost project in the future how the seller would respond based on the months of inventory in that area. Now, it sounds like I'm being negative about the buyer's situation in the market today, and really nothing could be further than the truth. Now, Bobby, were, were you doing real estate in 2011? Yes, and still am. <laughs> did, did, it feel, <laughs> did it feel very balanced for sellers in 2011? Uh, no, not really. Buyers had all the choices they could possibly want. The problem was, is when they bought those houses in 2010 and 11, they were worth a little bit less in 2012. And for anybody who bought in 2007 and 8, the value dropped in 2009, 2010, 2011, and sometimes even in 2012. So the nice thing for a buyer today is if you can find a home that's in your area, that's in your price range, that fits your general criteria, even if you have to compromise just a little bit, Terry, what's going to happen is when supply is low, prices continue to appreciate. Maybe not as quickly or not as fast as they have done in the last few years, but if I have to work hard to buy a house today, then more than likely that house is going to be worth more money next year and the year after and the year after. So that's a good thing for buyers. Terry, do you mind if we talk just a little bit about what we're thinking from a market growth standpoint over the next couple of years? Please be my guest. I think that'd be a great thing, don't you, Bobby? Absolutely. So appreciation of homes throughout the United States has averaged 7.5% since 2013. And I, I, I knock out 2012 and before because some markets were unfortunately still depreciating in 2012. But in 2013 and forward, most markets started to appreciate. We've averaged 7.5%. Now, in 2018, 
they're projecting 4.1% appreciation, which doesn't sound like a huge difference, but 4.1 is 45% less than 7.5, which means home price appreciation is starting to cool somewhat, and that is a good thing. Because sellers, and, and, and Martin mentioned earlier, a lot of the boomer generation, they are staying in their homes longer. But because they've been trying to time the market to move to their forever home, well, once they see prices starting to, the price appreciation starting to flatten out and not be such a steep curve, they might decide that it's time to sell. So that's really, really a good thing. The interest rates, and Martin talked about this as well, uh, were projected at the end of last year to go from just under 4% to about 4.4% by Freddie Mac, one of the big uh, mortgage purchasers in the United States. The National Association of Realtors said interest rates would go to 4.5. Well, we didn't have to wait, Terry, all the way until the end of the year in order to get the numbers there. The numbers from December to March went from 3.9 to 4.4%. I am quoting Georgia rates, which are about three, uh, 4.4% today. But what does that mean for a buyer? Well, if you were going to buy the median-priced home, the one in the middle, if you took all the sales in the United States last year and put them in order from top to bottom, pick the one right in the middle, that's 236600 That's what the average household paid for a home in the United States last year. Well, if they waited from December of 2017 until today to buy that home, well, what would have happened is the home will, will, would have appreciated $9,700. The interest rate would have gone from 3.9 to 4.4%, which means the monthly cost of owning that home would go up $101. Now, I know that might not seem like a lot to people listening, but at a 4.4% interest rate, you might not refinance that mortgage for years and years and years, Terry, which means the total cost of the monthly payments on a 360-month mortgage or a 30-year mortgage goes up $36,417. So the cost of waiting a year wow. last December to purchase a home would be $46,000 more. So I think what's going to start happening, Terry, and I, I'm, I'm certainly I don't have a crystal ball, but as you get sellers who are starting to think, hey, maybe I've gotten as much run-up on the price curve as I can and it's going to flatten out, maybe I should start to sell. And then you have buyers who are saying, man, if I don't go ahead and get into the market, I could very well be priced out of the market. Those two dynamics going on at the same time would be very, very healthy for the real estate market, in my opinion. Absolutely. And so that does give some impetus to those first-time buyers to get out there and start buying now while they still can, even if they don't get their dream home. And I know that that sounds easy, but you know, if you look at some of the programs that are out there, you and I both know that the interest rates are still very affordable. Uh, Terry, my first was almost 8%. I know, Terry, every time you and I talk, I think you say your first one was 147%. No, it was <laughs> oh, no. actually 18 and three quarters. And then I refinanced because I didn't want it to, you know, I was afraid it would never come back down at 15. Uh, but it really topped out at 28 and three quarter percent. And everybody, uh, you speak to people today and they're, 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 they act like you're, you know, from a different planet. Exactly, because historically, Terry, there's six. Historically, mortgage rates average 6% if you look back for the last 40, 50 years. And ultimately, mortgage rates that are in the fours are still very, very affordable. They just don't sound affordable compared to the 3% that we had a couple of years ago. Now, I'm not saying, Terry, that I think every buyer, every person 
out there should own a home because sometimes people's living situations, maybe they're only going to be there for six months or a year, or they don't have stability in their life or whatever. But once they get to the point where they want to settle down, they feel like things are stable, I mean, I personally think everybody should buy a home. I bought my first home when I was 23 years old. Uh, my mortgage was $135,000. It was 8.875%. My payment was $1,100 a month. I left closing thinking, man, if those people only knew me a little bit better, they would have never loaned me money. <laughs> they would have never loaned yeah. me this money. And I was afraid that I would die, Terry, before I got my loan paid off. I didn't, I mean, but I was so excited I purchased a home. And my wife and I decided we'd pay a little bit extra toward our principal every month. Terry, just and that's- maybe $100 and it turned it into magic because six or seven years later, I mean, we had $20,000 more equity than we thought we would. Well, that is so good. Listen, I want you to stick with us because uh, yes. we've, got, uh, we've got to go to break. So uh, stick with us. That was Cleve Gaddis. He'll be joining us again. Stay right where you are. It's Terry Murphy at WREC 692.1 FM. Stick with us. Hi, I'm Frank Guido at Frank Guido Construction in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. You're listening to Real Estate Mortgage Shop. Now back to your host. Joe Garner. Hey, we're back. It's Terry Murphy sitting in for Joe Garner. And uh, Bobby Gillis is here in the studio with me. We're listening to the uh, brilliant Cleve Gaddis. He is the host of News Talk 1160 WCFO. You can find Cleve Gaddis' shows on iTunes or Stitcher. That's Cleve, C-L-E-V-E, Gaddis, G-A-D-D-I-S. He's in the Atlanta market. Uh, just gave us a brilliant layout on how that all works. Isn't it great, Bobby? Absolutely amazing. I, I love all the, the data that he provided. Well, it's uh, well, thank you. great to have you back with us. Uh, you know, we've got a few more minutes before we go to the real estate tip here. Why don't you talk to us what you take on this rent versus buy? So, I mean, ultimately, Terry, let's look at it historically very quickly. Uh, over the last 50 years, the average American family has spent 25.8% of their monthly income on renting their home. Today, that number is 29.1%. Now, historically... The average American family has spent 21% of their monthly income purchasing and owning their home, and today that number is 15.8%. So you do the math, Terry. The average renter spends almost 30% of their income. The average homeowner spends less than 16% of their income. You do the math. Absolutely. And this is a great time to say, call your lender, call Joe Garner, and talk to her about what you can do to reappropriate where you're spending your money. I mean, it might be something simple, like you just said, uh, with you know saving $100 here and there, maybe eating in more often, not buying Starbucks, uh, canceling magazines, whatever, so that you can start putting money towards your future. And we know that, you know, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. It'll pay you back so many ways because you can leverage. Don't you agree? Right. And Terry, they've made Fannie and Freddie, who are buying most of the mortgages out there in the United States today, we won't get into that conversation, but they continue to loosen the underwriting standards. So it's easier to qualify for mortgage this year than it was last year, last year than the year before. They continue to make it easier and easier and to streamline the process. So anybody who's out there thinking about buying a home and they're scared of going through the process of getting a loan, don't be. And I don't know Joe personally, but Terry, I know you would not be uh, hosting a show for someone who was not tip-top in that industry. So my suggestion would be if you want to buy a house and you don't know if you can, reach out and let Joe help you figure it out. Absolutely. And so uh, one of the things that we talk about, too, is that when we're looking at millennials who are less invested in tradition, and so when you have that home ownership, it actually costs less because moving is pretty expensive. Don't you agree? 
Yes, absolutely. And, you know, building your family and having stability and, and the pride of ownership. Terry, I would pay more money for a place that I owned so that I could drive up to it in the evening and get this sense of pride than I would to rent the same exact place, even for less money. There's something to be said for that pride of ownership. Terry, when I drive up to my home, it is my home. My home. And you get to put your own, you know, your own energies and decorating and the kinds of things that you want to do to live your life. Would you agree? Well, yes, yes. And so what, you know, as we wrap this segment, what would you say to our listeners today? I would say uh, make sure you, as a home buyer, home seller, your real estate professional, whoever you choose to work with, and your mortgage professional, whoever you choose to work with, are doing everything you can to not focus on what's happening today, but to try to predict what's going to happen in the future. Too many buyers and sellers today, Terry, are surprised by what's happening. But if they could just kept their eye on a couple of things, number one, the month's worth of inventory, whether or not it's a buyer, seller's, or a balanced market, and if they kept their eye on the yield on the 10-year treasury bond. So anybody who doesn't, who's listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, just write that down, yield, yield on the 10-year treasury bond, and look it up online. You can find tons of information. If the yield on the 10-year treasury bond goes up today, mortgage rates go up tomorrow. So if the, the 10-year treasury bond goes down today, mortgage rates go down tomorrow. So try to think in advance. So our real estate tip for today, here's our drum roll, here we go, is... Think ahead, ahead. There you go. Well, Cleve, I don't know how we're ever going to thank you again. You might want to check him out at News Talk 1160 WCFO. That is uh, Cleve Gaddis and iTunes or Stitcher. And here's a couple of announcements that we'd like to make. We've got Talk Shop, which offers free networking and education to anyone interested in real estate or in business. Talk Shop meets every Wednesday, 9 to 10 Central Time at Pino's Palette. That's at 8225 Dexter Road in Cordova, Tennessee. This Wednesday, which is March the 21st, Talk Shop presents Motivating the Millennials, Believe That, by Jay Myers. He's the author and CEO of Interactive Solutions Incorporated. That's Jay Myers, M-Y-E-R-S at I-S-I-T-N. Com. And talk shop events are free, by the way, to advertisers like John Dancy and Auto Appraisal Group at 901-343-2684 when you want to make sure you really are buying the car that you want. For this podcast and all the Real Estate Mortgage Shop and more, go to jogarner.com. Real Estate Mortgage Shop reminds us to make your plan. Let's work our plan. And do we have a quote corner today? I guess we do, huh? Our quote corner is from Mark Twain. By land, they're not making it anymore. Bobby, got any closing? <laughs> I love that. Um, Cleve was absolutely brilliant. He offered a lot of good information for buyers, sellers, and real estate professionals. Thank and, you, Cleve. And how we can all work together. And Cleve, thanks again for joining us. Um, one last thought you want to just share with everyone? You know, it's never too early to start having a conversation. Well, 25 years ago when I bought my first home, there wasn't a lot of information out there. I was confused. I didn't understand what I needed to do. And I wished I'd have started having conversations with professionals much earlier. So if you're thinking about buying in the next six months, maybe it's not too early to uh, start having conversations with people who can help you get there. You know, isn't that great advice, Bobby? If we only knew then what we know now. 
Exactly. It's, and you don't have to buy your dream home, kids. You just have to get in a home so you can start stepping it up. And we want to thank you for joining us today here on 600 WREC. We'll be back next Saturday on Real Estate Mortgage Shop, program from 9 to 10, sharing what you want to hear. Give Joe a call at 901-482-0354. And for a copy of this podcast or others, go to www.jogarner.com. Go to the Mortgage Loan Blogs to have a great day and celebrate safely. I'm Terry Murphy, and thanks for joining us, everyone. Bobby and Cleve, have a great one. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Mortgage Shop, where we offer you solutions to your real estate and financing scenarios. I'm Joe Garner, your host, mortgage professional. Catch this podcast and more at jogarner.com.